0: Good to be here. I am Amanda and uh, one of the pastors here. I'm so excited to just hopefully encourage you this morning um, in your faith and in your relationship with God. Let's just open up in prayer. Jesus, you are the reason we are here. We are so blessed to just be able to come to you every day. And um, we just invite you into this service. Father, we ask that you'd open our hearts, open our ears to hear what you're going to speak to us about today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, we've been uh, continuing this series, Staycation. How many of you have been enjoying learning about how to position ourselves in a place of rest? We all need rest, right? Who could use some more rest? I could. It seems like we're living in a a culture and a society right now. We're always on the go. There's always something to do, especially here in California. It's like the playground where There's always something to do. I grew up in the Midwest in a very small town where there was nothing to do. And it was like you never had anything to do. And now living in California, there's so many things to do. It's more of a debate on what are we going to do because I have so many options. But we go, go, go in our society we live in today. And very rarely do we pull ourselves back and position ourselves where we can find rest and refreshing and... Um, every person I run into, you know, when I first ask them, hey, what's going on? How are you? They always say, oh, I'm just so busy. I've got this going and that going. And, you know, I'm on the go all the time. And it, we're kind of like an Energizer bunny. We just keep going and going and going and going. And um, how many of you remember that commercial from the early 80s? The bunny. He keeps drumming until, and he's, like, spinning in circles until he, like, runs out of battery. And then he lights up in fire and crashes that's what we do sometimes right we can live our lives and go about our daily routine and have our to-do list and we just keep going until sometimes physically we get sick um emotionally we get stressed out we start getting touchy with other people and um that's not what god his design is for us but we we tend to every day be hustling how you know that song every day we're hustling We grind, we we get up early, we stay up late, we work overtime, we work multiple jobs. For what? Just to like feel valued or feel like we're accomplishing something? But your true value, it's not going to be found in your job or any of your doing. What I want to share with you today about is how your true value is found at his feet, at Jesus' feet. There was once a song called Mad World. I don't know if you remember or have heard that, Mad World, yeah. And um, the lyrics said, um, all around me, there's worn out places, worn out faces, bright and early for their daily races. They're going nowhere and their tears are filling up their glasses, faces with no expression. I kind of find it funny. I find a kind, I'm getting tongue tied, find it kind of sad when people are running in circles. It's a mad world. I found myself there. I have, um, Pastor Mark and I have three kids. Um, at one time, I had three kids under the age of four, if you can believe it. They were, you know, I feel like every day coming home, I'm playing 52-card pickup. And if I just turn my back for a second, that the whole house can look like a tornado's gone through it. But, I mean, always needing something somewhere. And um, I, I've always felt, like, tugged here and there and pulled there and there. and um, All of us have a different degree of busyness in our life. And there's always things vying for our attention, and that can be pulling us away from what God's really called us to do. I kind of liken it like this. I brought my, I'm a detailed person, so I brought my little whiteboard here. I'm going to take off my cap. Um, most of us, um, some of us stay at home, but most of us have a job to go to every day. So some of us you know, some of us may work like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., or you got to get up really early and commute. But so, We can do that. We can do our job 9 to 5, and that's great. Um, some of us then work our job all day and then work a part-time job at night or maybe on the weekends. We can do that. That's no problem for us. Um, maybe we have to run to practices and pick up kids or go to meetings or rehearsals. We can do that, too, easily. Um, we got to go grocery shopping because we can't just eat out all the time. Although there's lots of great places to eat in San Francisco, in the Bay Area. I just heard about this new ice cream joint, Twist and Dip. where oh, you get a twist cone and dip. So many good food choices around here. Uh, somebody's got to make dinner, so that takes some time. And if you have pets, you know, they got to have a walk. you got to walk the dog. Um, you got to kind of live in a clean house and clean your house so you're not living in a tornado type situation, do the laundry, maybe do some yard work, um, and then church comes Sunday, and if, if you're serving in the church, which is an awesome thing to do, and if you're not, get plugged in and start serving, that does take some time, so you got to get here early, and God forbid we let an hour go by without checking social media, we have to stay up to date every 30 minutes on what's happening in the world, God forbid we don't know. Oh, maybe just we might get some time at the end of the day to take 15 minutes just to sit down and watch TV with nothing else bothering us but read my Bible spend time praying spend time seeking God when am I supposed to do that in all this where's that supposed to fit in today I want to encourage you with a story about two ladies from the Bible they had a choice in a given day what they were going to do with their time and how they were going to prioritize their routine and their structure of their day. And those women were named Martha and Mary. How many of you are familiar with this story? Martha and Mary. I feel like some days I've been a Martha and Mary all on the same day. But we're going to l- learn about these ladies. Go ahead and open your Bible or get on your device. Turn to the book of Luke. And we're going to look at Luke... We're going to start in chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 38 through 42. Are you all there? All right, it says, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, But Martha was distracted with all her preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you even care? She's left me to do all the work by myself. Can you tell her to help me? Martha, Martha, said the Lord, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, just one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So like I said, every day we all have the same amount of time, right? 24 hours in a day. And some of us have things that are required for us to do. We've got to report to our job and show up. Others of us may have children to take care of or a caregiver for someone. But we all have things we have to do. And then we have plenty of extra time where we can spend it leisurely and do whatever we choose to do with our time. But it tends to be sometimes that all the things on our to-do list and all of our tasks for the day can build up and end up causing us stress. How many of you have been stressed driving in traffic in the Bay Area? Come on. How many of you have that gift of long-suffering and patience and can just sit there and not let it affect you, bumper to bumper to bumper? Come on, we just had that on the way here. I have that gift of patience. It doesn't bother me. But certain things in our lives, in our daily routine, can poke at us and can irritate us, and just the busyness of our schedules can cause hardship and stress on us. Maybe just if it's finances, maybe we're having hardship in our finances and it's difficult, it's tight. Maybe it's a relationship within our home where we're living or outside in the workplace where we're just struggling getting along and finding it hard to love people. These, These things can cause stress on our lives and it can really drain us and suck out all the life out of us if we allow it to. But we see Martha here. It says that Jesus was just passing through the village and he came to Martha's home and knocked on the door. Can you imagine if Jesus knocked on your door? If Jesus knocked on my door and I saw him through the peak hole, I would flip out. I would just like not answer the door. How many of you know when someone comes to the door, you just like aren't expected, you just don't answer the door for a few minutes? I'd probably run through the house and like throw everything in a closet and shut the closet. How many of you have done that before? Throw it all in a bedroom and shut the door? She was probably freaking out because there wasn't a Costco nearby. She probably thought, oh, my gosh, Jesus is here. But she loved Jesus. She was a friend of Jesus. She wanted to impress Jesus. And Martha, the Bible story tells us, was very hospitable. So she opened him in. She welcomed him in gladly to her home. But then she went straight to the kitchen and frantically started shuffling through things. She was probably sweating trying to prepare food. And we notice in the story, it says that nobody was helping her. And so she was complaining that Mary was in the other room and she was all alone. But she was so overly occupied, it says, and distracted with all her preparations that she was missing out on an opportunity in the opposite room to be with Jesus. The Bible says in verse 40, but Martha was distracted with her busyness. That word distracted means literally in Greek that she was pulled away or driven about mentally. And so here she is, she's thinking she's doing the right thing by trying to get everything ready in her doing for Jesus, but yet she was missing out on what Jesus refers to as the one thing that was needed. And so many of us every day, we we may go to our jobs, we we may do all these things thinking that's where we're going to find our value and our affirmation, but your true value is going to be found at the feet of Jesus. The biggest ploy of the devil is to keep you busy. The devil wants to distract you with all these other things that are vying for your attention rather than focusing your attention on God. So it's not a bad thing to to do things and to stay committed to projects and to go to work and to earn a living and to fulfill these tasks. But if they're pulling you away, from Jesus, if they're causing you to miss church, causing you to miss community groups, it's causing you to isolate yourself from God's purpose in your life, then you're going to need to refocus and reshift your heart back towards God. It says in verse 42, Jesus is talking to Martha and he says, Martha, Martha, You know, him saying Martha, Martha twice shows me he was trying to get her attention. If I called to say something to Mark and he's actually listening, I'd just say, hey, Mark. But sometimes I have to say, Mark, Mark. So Jesus is saying, Martha, hello. You're missing it. You're missing it. You're trying to do all this. Sometimes we think that we'll impress Jesus by our doing, but all he wants is just us doing nothing. You don't have to do anything to gain Jesus' approval for you. So he's saying there's only one thing, not all these other things. Martha probably had too many pots on the stove, too many things she was doing. There was just one thing that he wanted, and that was to have her fully focused on him. So we can get caught up, and sometimes not make room for Jesus in our day. Sometimes you can go through the whole day and realize, man, I haven't even read my Bible, I haven't even prayed, I haven't even spent time with God. So sometimes we may have to learn to shut off the Facebook or turn off our cell phone. You know, we've incorporated something in our home on the weekends to really celebrate the Sabbath. We shut our phones off on Friday night just to be with our family, just to fully focus on things and to focus on God giving God your best. I know we've been talking about first and 10. So many of you may think, where does this fit in? How do I do this? Give God just the first part of your day. It could be 10 minutes. We talk about first and 10. It could be five minutes, but don't roll out of bed. And as soon as you wake up, turn on CNN, constant negative news. It is. Do you ever hear anything good? No. Um, don't rush into the day without committing your way to God first. The Bible says when you commit your ways to the Lord, then, then you shall succeed. And so if we start each day with our priorities right, because a lot of days we do everything first that we should do last, right? We sh- the things we should be doing first, we do last. If we commit our ways to the Lord, then we shall, shall succeed. We even see Martha in this, in this text. As she's in the kitchen and Mary's in the living room, when Martha's separated and far from Jesus, she starts getting judgmental towards relationships. She starts casting blame at Mary. Why aren't you helping me? You know that can happen to us when we're far from God. We can start to point our finger at people and not really be examining what God's wanting to tell us or do for us. There are people even sitting around. The Bible says uh, the disciples were in the house and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. And it's easy sometimes to be on the outside looking in at people who are close to God and say, Oh, that's good for them, but not realize God's wanting you to be included and he's wanting you to be a part. He wants you to be close to him. He wants you to be able to worship him. But Mary... On the other hand, she seized the opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet. She knew that her to-do list was always going to be there, but that Jesus was there in the moment, right then and there, for her to receive from. So I want to encourage you every day, every day, to make it a priority to sit at Jesus' feet. It doesn't matter who you are what role you hold, you could be the CEO of a company, you could be a stay-at-home mom, it doesn't matter, we all need to sit at Jesus' feet every day, metaphorically to dwell between his shoulders, just to make yourself available, because he wants to speak to you, he wants to encourage you, but you have to be willing to listen, so I want to encourage you with three things that are going to happen when you sit at his feet. The first is, you will be strengthened. I know I could use strength to get through my days. And Isaiah forty thirty one says, those who wait upon the Lord, that word wait means to look to, to hope to, to expect from. Those who wait upon the Lord, their strength will be renewed. You will mount up like an eagle. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not grow faint. That's an awesome promise to hold on to. You know, some days I am is exhausted, you know, working and taking care of kids. I I grow weary, and I remember that His strength is made perfect in my weakness, and that I can go to Him, and He can lift me. He can be the lifter of my head, the lifter of my spirits. Um, you know, Thursday nights up in GV, we have our presence prayer meeting. I know you have it on Wednesday nights, the first of the month here, but I come, I come home sometimes and I'm, I'm exhausted from the day and presence isn't till 7.30 and I think, oh man, I got another place to go, another meeting tonight. But as soon as I walk into that prayer meeting and start to worship and just surrender and just let everything go and let God come into my heart, I feel his strength. I feel lifting. I feel all the weights and the burdens of the world fall off. And that's what he wants to do for you. When you enter his presence, all those burdens, all that heaviness, it's going to go. You're going to gain the strength of God. Amen. The second thing is, you're going to desire more of him. When Mark and I first started dating, um, the more time we spent together, the more we wanted to be together. That's what happens when you're falling in love. We used to, we used to climb out his window of his little house he lived on and climb up on the roof and stargaze and just stay up there for hours. And we were hopeless romantics and he'd take me out on the boat in the lake and I pretended I liked to fish just so he'd like me. Um, but I actually did kind of a little bit. I stopped fishing when we got married. I guess I got too comfortable. Maybe if I yeah I wanna we should do a date night on the lake and go fishing again. But the more the more I was with him, the more I wanted to be with him more and you know um, that's the way it is with God. The Bible says, taste and see that he's good. And when you begin to taste of his goodness, when you get in his presence and you just feel that warmth and you, you hear him start to whisper things to you, you just want to stay there all day. And so the Bible says that David, in, in Psalms, he was a man after God's own heart. And it says, in da- David said in Psalm 27:4, one thing, again, we're back to one thing, just one. One thing that I seek of the Lord, one thing that I desire is to dwell in his house that I might gaze upon his beauty. And that word dwell actually means to sit down, just to remain there, to abide. And you know that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us running around like chickens with our heads cut off all day or like on a hamster wheel where we just go, 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 go. The Bible says we're to be still and know that he is God. And I love that verse because be still is connected. It equals knowing. Be still and then you're going to know. So if we're constantly on the go, we're caught up in our busyness, we're distracted, we're being pulled away here and there, and our focus isn't on God, we're not going to have that knowing and assurance for what he's wanting to do in our life. We're not going to feel the warmth and the um, know that he loves us. We're, we have to slow down. We have to be still. We have to create time for him. Number three, you're going to receive faith. As you sit at his feet, your faith's going to be ignited. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And that that word, word is actually the rhema word of God that he will speak to you and encourage you. God wants to speak to you every day. There are so many things he wants to show you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't know. He knows everything. He can show us many things if we just come to him and ask. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. And um, we saw Mary Mary in the story. She was listening. She was gleaming on everything Jesus was saying. I, I wish I could have heard what he was teaching that day, but she was locked in. She was sitting at his feet. She was focused and listening. And God wants to speak to you. He wants to instill faith into you. We just have to make ourselves available. I know... Um, many of you may not know this, but um, I've been at the same job for eight years. I've worked at a school. I've been a registrar for a school. And um, Mark first asked me, kind of planted a seed a couple years ago, about what do you think about just quitting your job? And I thought, no way. I love my job. I can't do that. And um, I just started to pray about that and inquire the Lord. What would that look like? God, you got to give me faith. If I'm going to quit my job, I need you to to ignite my faith for what I'm going to be doing. And so, you know, over the last year, we've even pressed in more and, and more in faith. And I've really had to get quiet before God and say, God, you got to show me. you got to show me what I'm to do, when I'm to leave, how I'm going to do. i got to pray for a person to replace me. And so July 15th of this summer will be my very last day at my job. Hooray. And you know why it's so exciting I'm so excited because I'm coming full-time, full-on-board with the church now here. So you're going to start to see me more. I'm so excited. I'm excited to take you, you know, have coffee, have meetups, and just do life with you guys. So continue to pray for me. I'm almost done training someone, but that's exciting. But I really had to say, God, show me something. And God did. He he showed me, like, you know, at a raceway um, when the drivers are running, they give a green flag to go. I felt like I saw a green flag in the spirit, like, go, it's time, do now, go for it. And um, I never would have gotten that unless I sat at his feet and I inquired of him and spent that time with him. If I would have just kept going and tried to figure it out myself, I never would have got a clear direction. So I want to encourage you, the best thing you can do for your marriage is to sit at his feet every day. The best thing you can do for your relationship, for your friends, for your neighbors, for your employer is to sit at his feet every day. Why? Because that's where we get refreshed. That's where we receive rest. That's where our hearts are healed. That's where we receive faith. That's where we receive wisdom and understanding and direction on what to do. At his feet is where he wants us. Amen. Jesus said to Martha, there's just one thing that's needed. That word needed actually means necessary. If you continue to go through your life and try to do everything in your own strength, your own effort, you'll always fall short of what God can do with you if you partner with him. So how do we get there? How do we do this? How do we put this praying and seeking God and just sitting at his feet? How do we incorporate that into our daily lives when, when everybody wants our attention and everything, you know, is vying for us and our focus? We make it easy. We invite them in. You know, in this story, Jesus was in the house with Martha, but Mar- Mary was inviting him into her heart. We have a choice. We can just have him in the house with us, or we can have him in our heart with us. So here's a few tips. Start to examine your life, what you're doing with your time, and... Figure out what's being fruitful and what's kind of wasting your time. Maybe we do need to put our phones, maybe we need to fast- social media. Maybe we need to just turn our phones off, turn the TV off. Put your Bible like out on the island in your kitchen. Put it somewhere where you'll see it. Don't leave it in your car or under your bed or in the closet. Get your Bible out. Put on some worship music when you're getting ready in the morning. Put on some worship music in the car. Surround yourself with people of like and faith that are going to build you and encourage you and not drain you and suck your energy out. The Bible says in Acts Acts 319, if we just repent, And turn our hearts towards God that times of refreshing will come. Isn't that an awesome scripture? When we turn towards God, times of refreshing come? That's amazing. Rather than complain and mumble about all the things you have to do, which I have found myself doing before, start praying about those things. Invite God to help you with those things. You know, as I drive to work every day, every morning... I start praying about, God, help me do this. Help me to be fruitful. Help me to abound in my work. Help me to be productive. I invite him into the relationships that I'm going to encounter that day. You invite him to be a part of your daily routine. You know, being in relationship with Jesus, it's not just coming to church Sunday. He wants to be with you 24-7. Every day of the week, all the time, he's there to encourage you and be with you. Amen? Amen. Just in closing, just a thought. Nobody on their deathbed has ever said, "I just wish I would have worked more hours and slaved all day and done more." No they haven't. What they always say is, "I wish I would have just spent more time with people and investing in relationship." Cuz as Mel said, we want to invest in things, you know, all these things of earth moth and rust are going to destroy. We want to put our hope in heaven. We want to make a difference here on earth by, by encouraging people and encouraging them in their face so we can all be together someday. Amen. Let's choose the better part. Let's choose to be like a Mary. Can we pray that every day? Can you pray, God, help me to be a Mary today and not a Martha. Don't, don't let me get distracted with all the things there's to do, but rather be focused and do life with you, Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we repent of trying to do things on our own strength and effort. God, we repent for just doing all this stuff and thinking that it's good when we're not in proximity with you, we're not in relationship with you. So Jesus, we ask you to help us every day to open our hearts to receive you, to invite you in to our situations, to our routines of the day. Lord, help us to choose the better part and be like Mary. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.